bad and bullshit. First of all, before I start, I have to do some housekeeping. Okay. And if you want to support somebody on Black History Month, you can support the podcast. Um, It's only $7 a month, which is the price of a grande. You know I'm right. At badandbitchy.com. Rate us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And also share with your networks. If you have any questions or comments about any of the episodes, or you have suggestions for subjects or something like that, contact us by email, badandbpod at gmail.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at badandbitchy and Instagram at badandbitchypod. Okay, let's get it. Welcome to the Bad and Bitchy Podcast. I'm Erica, and you know I always say we have a special guest. But this one is really special because I've been wanting to talk to her forever, and it didn't work out, and then I fucked up, and you know, it happens, right? So I would love to introduce Rosalind Toulousen to Bad and Bitchy, and she is a powerhouse journalist, who used to work for the federal government, which is where I I feel a kinship with you, okay? And um, who is like a badass on Twitter, whose rage just, just makes me feel comforted. It really does. So welcome, Rosalind. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm so happy to actually be chatting and not just tweeting at each other. Yes. And I'm I'm so honored to to be sharing this space with you. I'm honored too. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, so you and um, Evie Kwong, yeah, had um. Now this is how long this has been in the making. I think it was it was 2021. I think like it was just... 2021. You all had a Twitter space when Twitter spaces were still a thing. I'm not sure that I was actually on that space because I don't use spaces, but we were definitely at least like tweeting at each other back and forth. Like we were doing the whole quote tweet thing. Yeah. But no, I swear I heard you two do really? say something. Yeah. And I was like, because I dipped in the space and I was like, oh, oh, maybe. Oh, oh. And then I heard about like you all were talking about so many layers and intersections yeah. of Asian um women's sexuality in terms of how it has been manipulated by um by immigration laws yep yep by um u.s imperialism yep and all of the other subordinate subordination of women right and i was like and then you when you guys start talking about u.s imperialism i'm like Oh, right. That's the part that like that is one of the parts, one of the parts that distinguishes this experience um, of Asian American women or Asian Canadian women, Asian women from um, the subordination of black women or Hispanic women or 
or Indian women. And I feel like I we need to talk about this. And yeah, especially in the wake of the Atlanta spa shootings. Yeah. And that anniversary is coming up in May, I believe. No, March. March. <gasps> the third um, anniversary. Thir- I want to say third. Okay. Yeah, I want to say third. So good. We're right on time. I love yeah. this. <laughs> so I guess I will start with um, a lot of... You have a particular um, perspective when it comes to feminism and intersectionality and stuff like that. And I just want you to start with immigration and how... Asian women, or I think it began. It probably began with Chinese women. I'm guessing. I wouldn't say that. Like, I don't want to say Asian as in a catchphrase. Yeah, an umbrella because you know Vietnamese women are have a different experience than Korean or yeah. Japanese or Chinese women. Yeah, so I'm trying not to do that white people thing. <laughs> no, that's totally fair, and I appreciate that. Um, as far as I know, like. I think it might have started with Chinese women, but there was also maybe something simultaneous to it with Filipino women as well, Um, which is, you know, I'm Filipino. So that is that's kind of where my my knowledge comes from. Um, And a lot of it does have to do like I'm, I'm not well, I'm not super like my reading isn't super detailed in terms of history. But just like on a general, like in a general sense, you know, as you mentioned earlier, like Chinese women weren't allowed to immigrate into the Western countries unless they were betrothed to a white man. Um, It was either that or, you know, it was yeah, it was either that or they came here for work effectively. So at that like from just from like those two kind of facts on its own you see that asian women are only valued for they're they're only seen as a commodity for like marriage and reproduction or their physical labor so especially for filipina and like and i want to i want to say thai and vietnamese and like i think a lot of like southeast asian countries um you will see them more as domestic laborers so nannies uh, housekeepers, um, babysitters, that kind of stuff. Um, like I remember when I was in elementary school, my mom was working, so she couldn't pick me up right when the day ended. And I was so after school, I would go with one of my classmates. He was, um, I think it was Polish. Uh, his family was Polish, and they had a Filipina nanny, basically. Um, so my mom was friends with her and I would go with that family after school and my mom would pick me up because she, she knew, she knew the, uh, the caretaker. So that's like the kind of labor that you would see that Asian women are valued for. It's those stereo, like those very stereotypical, like women's labor kind of things. So obviously caretaking, um, and you know, like even even my mom, like her job was as a homemaker, as a personal support worker. So she even though, you know, she she went for she went to school for that. And she I think she had a couple of credits from George Brown here when she immigrated. Um, but yeah, like a lot 
a lot of the reason, like much of the reason that Asian women have immigrated to Western countries, like is particularly Canada and the U.S., is, you know, to be wives um, or to be domestic laborers um, who serve white people, white families, because that's who could really afford them. And you would also kind of see that white people almost prefer Asian women as their caretakers um, because of that, like, kind of submissive stereotype. It's like we're very like Asian women are very feminized, like Asians in general as kind of like a racial. Can you explain that more? Because I find that really See, You're going to teach me something. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) yeah. Because I'm coming from the opposite end of this of the spectrum where black women are very masculinized. Yeah. Right. So tell me how how that works out, like how Asian women are over feminized. Yeah. Um, And what that actually means. Yeah. Um, So I it, it also is not just like for Asian women who are feminized, but you will see like some of the discourse around Asian men, like Asian men are emasculated. Um, you know, they're not, they're, they're desexualized, not seen as real men, according to white people, of course. Um, and it is because there's probably something to be said about Edward Said here and Orientalism, but Eastern cultures are very, are seen as feminine. Um, because, uh, you know, like it, it's prevalent in in our cultures to be like very community focused, very family focused. Like you go to a Chinese restaurant, and they serve you family style and not like individual plates. Um. So you know, even though the idea of masculine and feminine are kind of like this this Western this Western concept, um, it's still like the the community thing is still very much like a. That's just that's just how humans are supposed to survive, really, like building community. Um, the reason why humans have survived as long as we have is because we are able to build those social connections and, um, you know, be able to reach out to other people for help. And that is what makes us, you know, I guess that's what that kind of that's kind of what makes us stronger. Um, but when it comes to like East versus West, you kind of see this like you kind of see the West kind of like looking down on Eastern cultures because of that community thing. Like it's so pull yourself up by the bootstraps, individualism, uh, you know, get your own before anyone else and that kind of stuff. So like the the kind of like feminization isn't just about Asian women, it's about all of us, you know, equally. Um, but particularly for Asian women, <laughs> um, you do see that we are hyper-feminized to an extent because, you know, there's like that submissive stereotype, the uh, the China doll stereotype where you're, you know, we're expected to be quiet, not to rock the boat. Um, you know, we're, we, we keep our heads down and we work hard and that's how we overcome racism. And, you know, I one book that I constantly like that I constantly like sing the praises of is Ruby Hamad's White Tears, Brown Scars, um, 
I literally have it on my shelf, but I'm too lazy to move all the stuff in front of it. But she she describes like the I've seen that book around. Yeah. So you recommend it. One hundred percent. Okay. It like it on my list. It, it changed my perspective entirely. Um, but basically like Hamad goes into like she kind of like how you were mentioning before, like Asian women are face a different kind of like racist sexism than black women, Latino women, South Asian women. Um where because we're kind of seen as like the model minority um where we're seen as white adjacent um you know we have this very specific stereotype again the china doll um where you know if we're submissive and we work hard um and we're people pleasers like that's what gets us to the top that's what keeps us alive but if you ever break out of that stereotype, you're seen as the scary dragon lady. So I'm sure you've seen it when I get into it with people on Twitter. Like, yeah. once I start running my mouth, people start calling me scary. People start, you know, um, oh, she's she's just complaining. She's angry. Um, she's belligerent. And that's because I, I'm not adhering to that submissive stereotype. And... um. That's like you kind of see that type, like you kind of see that China doll stereotype go like tie back into like this the the immigration stuff that we're talking about, where we're only valued for our label labor or our reproductive value. And it's funny because, like, the labor is domesticated. It's not. It's not like outside labor. Yeah. Like, we're not expected to go work on farms. We're not expected to go get factory jobs. It's they want us in the house. Exactly. And is is there something about that? that, Is there nuance there that probably I I just can't put my finger on it right now? Yeah, I I know what you mean. And like, I mean, I'm in the same boat where it's like. I like I'm I actually wonder this. Let me let me throw this out at you. Okay. yeah. Um. So a lot of these immigration acts and and whatever were in like the gold rush era, yeah. And I wonder, and the railroad era, the railroad yeah. railroad building era. And I just wonder if there is like a kind of Deadwood aspect where you have these mining towns that are full of men with no women, so they actually import women, so to speak, huh. and import like submissive women yeah in order to just like hearth and home kind of thing yeah and as well as you know fulfilling some sort of sexual desire because um asian women are just going to okay this is going to sound really bad it's okay we're exotic Yes. We're exotic yes. and small. Yeah. Ooh. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Power. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You could be easily overpowered. Yeah. Hence the over-feminization. Okay, I got it. Yeah, yeah. Hey. There you go. There you go. Okay, yeah. See, we're learning something. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, like being able to connect the dots and not yeah. just like have it all in my head. Yeah. 
So, like, when you were talking, I was like, wait a minute, the time of this, the time of this, the time of this. And if you look at where, you know, it's not just a proximity idea of where um, most Asian immigrants settled. It That's literally where the work was. And that's literally where um, men needed, quote unquote, women for procreation. But part of me thinks that the white woman was too pure for the mining and the railroad and the dirtiness of that work. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I'm coming from. That makes like, I mean, I like. I can't personally fact check you on that. No, we're just just trying to unpack here. Yeah, that that actually makes a lot of sense to me because, you know, the mining stuff like that, that's not. Like what? That's not a white collar job. That's that's very blue collar, right? If you're at the mines all day, you don't want to come home to like, like it's dirty. Like society does not actually accept white women being anything more than clean and pure, so to speak. Yeah, uh, and that's why you know the white women who were there in those towns were sex workers. Yeah. And so um, if you're thinking of domestic labor and how Asian women were doing a lot of the domestic labor in saloons and stuff and and, you know, other areas, laundry and blah, 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 then they are suitable for that grime and grit and dirt because they're not white. Yeah. And that's basically what I'm saying. No, that makes sense. And um, there's also the idea of like, if you're, you know, if you're a Filipino woman from the Philippines Mm. and you have this opportunity to go to the States and be this guy, this white man's wife, it's still better than being in the Philippines. It looks like you've made it. Mm -hmm. And why is the Philippines the way the Philippines is? Yeah. Because American imperialism. Okay. Yes, let's so. get to it. So yeah, wait, like, wait, wait. Before then, we know that the Philippines was also colonized by Spain. Yes. And does that have anything to do with um with the uniqueness of that experience within East Asia or Southeast Asia? I mean, you know, Filipinos were genocided. Like, ooh, that's a genocide. Let's talk about that's a genocide from Spain and a genocide from the States. So the Philippines is very like what not I want I don't want to say the Philippines is westernized, but there is a lot of Western influence in the mm-hmm. Philippines. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I kind of grew up disconnected from my culture. Like, you know, my 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 parents immigrated here in the late 70s. Um, my brother and sister were born shortly thereafter. I was born 14 years later. So I did grow up like a lot of, a lot of East Asians on, like a lot of Asian people on Twitter will look down on me for saying this, but I was whitewashed. I was raised Canadian more than I was raised Filipino Canadian. You know, there's, there's like, I, I watched Turning Red the other week again in theaters, um, and the expectation that because your parents, you know, uprooted their lives to come to a different country so that they can, you know, make a better life for you, 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's like some sort of like in there's there's this like expectation of like gratitude that you're supposed to have towards your parents for for doing that, even though it's like, girl, I was not even in existence then. Like, why am I? Why why is this debt mine? But that's beside the point. Um, most of my like most of my parents' families did end up immigrating to the West, particularly America, because it was better than the Philippines. Why was it better than the Philippines? Because America kind of fucked up our country and continues to fuck up our country. Um, so it, it does like a lot of the immigration stuff is also tied up in imperialism. Um, because effectively, like, people see the Philippines as a third world country. You know, Chinese, like, East Asians, Chinese people, Japanese people, that's who counts as Asian. Yeah. Whereas me, like, yeah, I'm I'm Asian, but I don't get that, like, I don't get that, like, specific ethnicity. It's just some, some Asian. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Which is funny because, because... We we have large communities of yeah. Fili- of Filipinos. It's not like you're not visible in a way. Yeah. It's like this weird like limbo of being yeah. invisible and hyper visible. Yeah. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's it's not like a good thing either. But you are I, I feel like the Philippines are really the one of the first kind of ent- entry points into that U.S. Yeah. imperialism in Asia. Oh, I have some history here. Perfect. So I didn't realize, or I didn't realize there was a Philippine American War from eighteen yes. nine to nineteen o two. Okay, that's what I was. T- that, that's what I was like getting at. Yeah, that's what I was referring to rather. After its defeat in the Spanish-American War of 1898, Spain seceded its long-standing colony of the Philippines to the United States in the Treaty of Paris. So before, just before that was ratified, of course, God forbid, Fili- Filipino nationalists uh-oh, decided, hey, yeah, we're not into that. And therefore, a war broke out. Yeah. You know, Americans like to uh, call it an insurrection, which is funny. Um, (laughs) Emilio Aguinaldo was um, the hero in that war. Or I guess the, the, the guy who brought everyone together and said, fuck this. Although poor Aguinaldo was captured, I guess the resistance kind of dissipated after that. Yeah. The point is, I think, A, uh, Filipino forces were hampered by their inability to gain any kind of outside support for their yeah. cause, which yeah. reminds me of some of a diff- of another set of people these days. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And um, therefore, the the army lost a lot of lost a lot of, you know, men in battle. Although the Philippines has independence, I think, yeah, that's where sort of like that 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 U.S. imperialist like um, relationship really 
took hold. And this is like yeah. at the turn of the 20th century. Yeah. And so like before you could talk about like actually around the same time, I guess you had the British with the Boxer Rebellion and stuff. Christ, yeah. For- <laughs> I forgot about the British. <laughs> oh, you can forget about the British. So there was like a a sort of partitioning off, like a cutting off of like, um, oh, we're going to take this part and that part yeah. of of East Asia. So yeah, in a, in the American sense, it I feel like you were the first, and then or the Philippines was was the first, and then later on, you know, you add Korea and you add, you know. Vietnam and yeah U.S. imperialism looks like like you said um, a westernized sort of outpost of commercial interests yeah in the region yeah Asian women or were Asian women like commodified and commercialized in similar ways yeah um my impression is that Filipinos are very valued for their domestic labor. Mm-hmm. That's that's my impression. Which in itself is a class thing. Oh, totally. Like there there's something to be said about like the consumption of Asian culture. Yeah. And kind of like just how comfortable, like how like overly comfortable white people are in for lack of a better word, appropriating. Mm-hmm. Asian culture, basically. Does that start from, like, Orientalism? Definitely. Definitely. And then kind of... Now we have, like, a new chapter of Orientalism? It's like... Yeah! It's like this nasty, like... It's like this nasty, like, amalgamation of capitalism and Orientalism. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, like, you can kind of see the pattern where it's like, oh, we... We love how Asian women take care of us. We love how Asian women serve us, but we don't love Asian women. We don't care about Asian women. Ah, right? okay. And you'll I even see that it. with um, those stupid ads on the TTC where it's like, stop East Asian hate. Uh, it's like you can you can drink bubble tea, but you can't stop the hate. What? You did see that? Oh, my God. Um, so... It's like this whole this whole thing. People have been getting there. It's been discourse to death on my timeline for the past like week. But these like these unhinged ads have been running on the TTC, specifically calling for the end to East Asian hate. Mm-hmm. And it's always something about bubble tea or about K-pop, right? And I saw someone who said that they worked on the like who worked on the committee like who approved this ad campaign and it was actually a bunch of like east asian people who centered themselves in the stop asian hate like campaign Mm -hmm. and who were like well southeast asian people don't face the same kind of racism that we face and it's like girl they don't care if we're like white people don't care if we're east or southeast asian they don't even care if we're west or south asian like they see someone who looks Chinese, we're going to get beat up. What is frustrating about that whole thing is that not only do white people not see us as distinct from East Asians, but East mm-hmm. Asians 
think that we're so distinct from them that we don't face racism at, at all. Which is odd. Yeah. I, like the whole... Was it bubble tea and what? Bubble tea and K-pop. Okay, so let me, let me just give you like a little... This is what I've recently found out. Okay, I'm going to take a little bit of it. Yeah. But it relates. Yeah. Um, Into the like fetishization. We haven't even talked about that. <laughs> oh, we're, we'll talk about it. I feel like we need to. Yes, soon. Soon. <laughs> yes. Okay. A couple of maybe two or three episodes ago, um, I talked about AI pornography and deep fakes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, fun. Yeah. Now, most of the AI, most of the subjects were Western women. Yeah. But the number one subject of non-Western women who were privy to this, South Korean pop stars. Oh, Jesus. Specifically yeah. South Korean pop stars. Yeah. Oh, my God. Right? So let's, so I feel like this is a good on-ramp for fetishization. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it ties back to that stereotype of, you know, we're small. Yeah. We're submissive. We're exotic. And because of that submissive, because of that submissiveness, um, you know, we, it's like we were born to please the white man. Mm -hmm. Specifically and only. To please the white man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And after, like, during the Filipino-American War, a lot of Americans immigrated to the Philippines. Uh, military men. Ah. Uh, but what do you think military men were doing? What what do what do what do men in war do to the to their to their subjects of violence? Yeah, sexual, sexual violence. Yeah. And you'll see that you know it. Obviously, this isn't unique specifically to to Filipino women because there were the Korean comfort women. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's there's a history there of white men conquering Asian women. Mm -hmm. so, like, how does that translate, like, in today's way of it manifesting itself? I mean, you know, the last time I was like one of the last times I was on the TTC, um, which was before the pandemic. Um, I remember like coming. I, I think I went to the criminal injuries board for a hearing and I was on the TTC back. Just minding my fucking business. This was in the middle of the day, mind you. And some like dirty white man comes up to me and he starts. It's obvious like he was trying to hit on me and I forget what the like what the specific context was but he was talking about my asian boyfriend not having a big dick no and i was like man you're a stranger like don't talk to me first of all second of all i was dating an asian man at the time and he did not have a small dick thank you <laughs> but like that's besides the point yeah it's again it, it comes down to white men wanting to feel superior mm-hmm um, because, you know, they think Asian men are inferior mm -hmm. and therefore they're not good mating partners for Asian yeah. women. Yeah. Um, which is just fucking gross. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but yeah, it it again it ties into the stereotype of submissive Asian woman because you know we're all kind of like there's kind of like this innate cultural thing where it's like if you're with a white person you've made it. Yeah, yeah. So I I'm gonna like let me add to what you said. Yes, this is what I find is that. White men who are like, who really shouldn't be out in public dating people think that they can get a black woman or a white woman or like some woman of color very easily. Yeah. Like we have no fucking standards or, or like we don't deserve to have standards. And like the crustiest white man will start hitting on you in the most profane ways. Yeah, because they expect that their whiteness is just good enough for you. Yeah. Like you should be happy. You should be thankful that they're even looking in your direction. Exactly. I this is what I I'm like I I just Yeah, I just and it's just (laughs) it's so bad. Like it's so bad. And I'm just like on what but then I'm like, oh, this is all you see. All you see is inferior. That's yeah, it. and I find that that dis like disempowerment is just so natural to them, like they yeah. don't even think about it. And this is what pisses me off about white women because I I can't believe I've gone through all this time and haven't like we haven't even we haven't scratched the surface. Scratched we haven't even surface. touched white women. White women, okay, because <laughs> white women wouldn't be able to make those career moves that they made in like the sixties, seventies, even today without us so like i'm thinking like the west indian domestic scheme which actually turned into like once they were tired of immigrant like black women immigrating then they're like oh these filipinas can just come in and flavor of the month right it is and it was like you know you took you took very educated women or just women or whatever and just made them domestic labor for white women to elevate themselves. And then they turn around and shit on you. Like, yeah. I think white women need to understand how deep their classism and their racism goes mm-hmm. into upholding white supremacy. Absolutely. And a, and a lot of the times it it rears itself, it shows itself in caregiving and domestic yeah. labor. So... When I was reading, like, when I was reading stuff for, like, I think the Vice article that I wrote about the Atlanta shootings, mm-hmm. um, Amy Schumer made a comment about how she's so jealous of, of Asian women because Asian women can get whatever, like, Asian women can get laid no matter what. This is also what Asian men, th- like, a certain subset of Asian men think. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so easy for Asian women to find a partner, blah, 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 because our vaginas are so small and tight. <laughs> Amy Schumer said that. Like, I'm not... Amy Schumer. Oh, she... Oh. She's nasty, man. She's so nasty. Um, But yeah, white women, as much as white men, uphold the fetish, fetish fetishization of yeah. Asian women. yeah. I'd find that. And there's like a jealousy there. Yes. If I had a nickel for every time a white woman said, oh, I wish I was Filipino. 
Because? Because they feel that you... Because apparently Asian women are better women, even though we don't count as women to white women. It's like, it's this weird, like, cognitive dissonance where the hyper-feminization of Asian women makes white women super insecure. Yes. And this is also the same thing with that certain subset of Asian men, where they think this fetishization is God's blessing to us. Right. Even though it's like, man, I wish I could, like, not, like, I wish I could take the subway and not get accosted by a white man. Yeah. Thinking that my Asian boyfriend has a small dick. Yeah. And that you need him to satisfy you. I know. I know. And that's the thing. Like, I think it's that it's that jealousy over pleasing white men. Yeah. That is just so weird with white women and how they relate to Asian women. It's like, oh, my God, you're so small. You're so tight. You're so, you're so skinny. You're so skinny. You're so nice. Yeah. And it's like, I'm just like, you all have problems. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I just, I don't understand this compulsion to tell Asian women that you wish you were Asian. Yeah. It's like mud wrestling for white men's approval. I'm so above that. <laughs> oh, I know. Like, I just, I could, that cannot be me. I, I honestly think that that's what, like, that's what it is. Yeah, it's like they, white small. women see us as competition. Yes, and it's like yes, I didn't and ask to be here. It's reinforced by every like Asian woman, white male couple they see. Yeah, and again, that's this. It's a similar thing with that subset of Asian men mm-hmm. who think that oh, well, I'm emasculated, I'm desexualized, therefore Asian women have it better than me. There is like a desexualization of of like Asian culture in general. If you're not, if you're not hyper feminine as an Asian woman, mm-hmm. you're nobody. And that is that's kind of like what how what Asian men experience, where they are seen as a nerd. They are seen as you know someone that you wouldn't date someone who's not desirable but that like that that undesirability applies to asian women if they don't if they aren't super femme mm-hmm. it's it's not like it it's not inherently a gender thing because asian women experience it too mm-hmm. it's again if we're not performing the china doll stereotype we're seen as you know a dra- the scary dragon lady or simply as like the weird asian nerd in the corner right yeah but somebody to stay away from yeah is that like why the the like mother like asian motherhood turns into like the tiger lady dragon lady stereotype kind yeah i would yeah i would say that um god there's so much fun back. <laughs> i'm so sorry Apparently, this is only part one, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it's also like an immigrant, like in like the expectations of being the child of immigrants. Again, it's like that you have to, um, you have to fulfill all of your parents' wishes and expectations mm-hmm. because they, you know, uprooted their lives. Yeah, yeah, the sacrifice. Blah, 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 blah. And so much of that is tied up 
I think, honestly, in white supremacy, where you have Asian parents who come here and they're like, you have to fit in no matter what. You have to excel. You have to be better than the white people no matter what. Um, because if you're not, you're worthless. Mm-hmm. And basing your whole life around pleasing white people is a slippery slope into depression, basically. Mm-hmm. Because no matter what, like even if you even if you achieve all the things that your parents want you to achieve, you're not going to ever satisfy white people. Mm-hmm. You're not ever going to meet their expectations because once you do, they move the goalposts. Right. Oh, you make too much money. Yeah. Oh, you're too successful. We have to bring you down. Yeah. Um, and again, that jealousy comes into play where, you know, oh, this Asian woman is so successful. She she must have um, sucked dick to get up to the top. Yeah. There, there's I see no... that with Asian men, too. Like, oh, they're so smart. They're so successful. Oh, they must have a small dick. Like I could still excel oh, with that. Compen- yeah. Oh, yeah. They're overcompens- overcompensating for this, um, this phallic, simple yeah. masculinity, right? Yeah. 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 There. It again. It just it all ties back into American colonialism, really. Hmm. Hmm. Wow, that's a lot, right? <laughs> And that's just barely scratching the surface. So the Atlanta spa shooting, yeah, how everything that we talked about kind of culminated in that shooting. I would yeah. Say. Can you tell us about that? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, I mean, you had the shooter come in to what was it, Korean spas, mm-hmm. and he blamed it on his sex addiction or whatever the hell because right every asian spa offers that special massage where men get jerked off at the end mm-hmm. um and you even had the stupid like the police captain uphold that theory that oh he was doing it to eliminate the temptation and that's a very right white, that's a very white evangelical thing where oh. they right 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 yes because to them asian women are inherently sexual objects right they're not seen as people they're not seen as humans they're seen as temptations to be conquered to be dominated to be eliminated mm-hmm. we're seen as like just just that like stigmatization of Asian women are nothing but temptations or sex objects. Mm-hmm. Drives me fucking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and it is very specifically, like I called it Orientalist misogyny. And I still 100% stand by that. Like you, mm. you do see, you did see a lot, like, after the Atlanta spa shootings, you did see a lot of Asian women be targeted or elderly Asian people be targeted. Mm-hmm. That's who was kind of, like, the the face of the Stop Asian Hate mm-hmm. campaign. Um, it was very specifically East Asian women or elderly East Asian people. And, again, it comes down to, like, the submissive China doll stereotype where... Asian women are seen as easy targets. 
uh, easy acceptable targets yeah not only because of stature but because of their sort of inherent i'm I'm quoting here um position as subordinate yeah exactly gotcha yeah um so there's like an orientalist misogyny specifically that is is that encapsulates all of that yeah okay and it yeah that's that that's like what i was trying to get at in my piece where it like people were saying oh it wasn't it wasn't about race and it you know it was just he wanted to eliminate these spa workers because they were temptations but it specifically is about race it's about race and gender it's about orientalist misogyny because i I don't like if it was a spa full of white women, he wouldn't have done it. Right. But, you know, Asians are seen as dirty, as temptations. Uh, Right. Right. mm -hmm. And people will target elderly Asian people because they don't think elderly Asian people can fight back. Mm -hmm. They don't think anyone will care about elderly Mm -hmm. Asian people. Mm -hmm. And like a lot of the intra-community discourse was that oh it's black people attacking asian people it's only Mm -hmm. black people Mm -hmm. and i'm like no that's that's literally wrong um you know i think there have been some black assailants in these cases but the reasons for that aren't rooted in asian hate it's rooted in white supremacy because again asian people are seen as easier targets Mm mm-hmm because again of that submissive stereotype mm-hmm. um and again um an ultra feminization of both the men and the women exactly yeah exactly and which in itself within patriarchy is a weakness exactly yeah exactly it's like an it's it's a specific kind of oppression and yeah. racism mm-hmm. um you'll see a lot of asian people think that black people are the problem which is not true and is just fucking racist <laughs> it is just white supremacy regurgitated um a lot like for example the atlanta spa shooter was a white man mm-hmm. um and i you know like i have had asian men in my emails in my dms stalking me for years saying that you know you know, like invoking Christina, I forget her, Christina Lee's name. She was, I think she was stabbed by a homeless man in her apartment in New York mm. in the past couple of years. Uh-huh. Um, but a lot of Asian men will wish that same kind of harm on Asian women. Why? Because, because they see us as race traitors. They see us as selling out to the white man Mm. there is a lot of i mean you know but isn't the white man's position what they covet anyway yeah kind of yeah but also asian men seek like that sub that specific subset of asian men that specific subset of asian misogynists Mm -hmm. they want i'm not saying all asian men people i right right I hate how I have to I know. specify that. It's oh, so annoying. It is annoying. Not all men. We yeah. know. But yeah. enough of ya. Yeah. <laughs> enough of ya. Um, you have an image problem. 
right? No, it's like um, Asian men resent Asian women. I think I mentioned this earlier. Asian men resent Asian women because of how we are fetishized by white people. Right. They think that we have power. They think that Asian women have power over Asian men. Right. Because white men like to sexually assault us. I don't see how that's power, but it's okay. a power. Oh, I get it. It's like a power thing, like um, like an a um a lent power thing. I guess it's a proximity like power that. thing. Yeah, they exactly a proximity, proximity is the yeah. exact word. Yeah. Um, Asian men think that because so many Asian women marry or partner with Asian with white men, that all of us are like that. That all of us are just self-hating, you know, hate being Asian. We want to become white. We want to erase, like, we want to reproduce with white men so that our kids aren't Asian. And it's like, dude, you don't, you know nothing about me. (laughs) Like, nothing. First of all. And second of all, like, fuck you. Like, the reason why I'm imagining that a lot of, that a lot of the reason why Asian men think, like, these Asian men think that they are not desirable because of their race. They're just not desirable because of their shit personality. Mm-hmm. The equivalent here that you might be familiar with is like a hotep. Yes. Yeah. We, we Asians got hotep too. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing this and I'm like, Oh, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Oh, so isn't it great being a racialized woman? <laughs> isn't it great? We have to deal with, not only white people, we have to deal with our own men. I know. Oh my gosh, we could talk for hours about that. Yeah, we really could. Because, and it's wild because they're like, "Oh, you, you're just upholding white supremacy by dating Asian, by dating white men." Mm-hmm. But the reason why Asian men are so resentful is because white women won't date them. That is a fucking mic drop okay i just got blown away right there <laughs> i'm just saying i'm like yeah oh, that is so true i have had to deal with asian misogynists on the internet since like 2017 and i'm like up to here yeah that yeah like i'm i'm very specific like don't get me wrong like i love you know i love critiquing white women mm-hmm but Asian men, like this specific brand of Asian men, just like it, they drive me insane. Like, just, they just drive me insane. Because not only are you blaming Asian women for white supremacy, you're also perpetuating white supremacy. It's like, pick a struggle. Yeah, it's amazing how that's the thing with being, it is true. That's the thing with being a racialized woman is that. You have to deal with white women, white men, and then your own men. Yeah. That's it. That's what it is. White women only have to deal with white men. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which I agree is bad enough. But, you know, they will still like, they will still murder one of us for you. You know what I mean? Exactly. And it's not because they they do it because of their own power shit and their own patriarchal shit. I'm not saying that they do it in love or of service of you. I'm yeah. just saying that the result is that they will do that. Yeah. Because that's where we are. And, and, but 
with for us, we have to deal with you putting us down. We have to deal with white men over sexualizing us in different ways. Mm -hmm. And then um, and then like using so much violence on us to keep us submissive in some way. Exactly. And then we have to deal with our own men who in some way, sense or some form want to be have the power of white men yeah take out their lack of that lack of power on their own women yeah that's absolutely it so there we are yeah i knew we had common ground here yeah that's that's what ruby hamad gets to and gets to in like gets that's what ruby hamad gets into in her book um like i have been singing the praises of that book since like it came i think it came out in 2019 um, but it is, it's just so eye opening to have that all connected. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be, to have that, like, that hierarchy of like white men on top, and then you have white women, mm-hmm. and then you have men of color, and then you have women of color at the bottom. Yeah. Anyway, on that note, it's so much. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm just gonna, now your brain can rest. Thank you. Because I know that was, that was a lot of unpacking and like, but it was good though. Yeah. I feel, I feel like I know more now. I told you, I told you you're going to teach me something. I'm glad. I love it. Well, Rosalind, um, you have to come back. I will. Please invite me. And yeah. And anything you want to like talk about? No. Like email (laughs) me or something. Okay. Like we should talk or DM me or whatever. You're like, you should talk about this. Actually, come back and talk about anti-Asian hate and the bullshit surrounding that. I would love to. Yes. Let's do that. Awesome. Okay. That would be part two of this. <laughs> yes. So we're going to do a part two of this. Um, Rosalind, thank you, thank you, thank you for spending time and sharing your case with me. My literal pleasure. And um, I look forward to talking to you more. yes listen i'm not gonna i know you get a lot of shit yeah so when people have a lot of shit i don't ask them to tell people where they can reach them so we'll just skip that part with you. okay works for me <laughs> bye Rosalind. bye Erica. thank you so much for having me <laughs> bye, my bitch, bad and bullshit. Oh, 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 oh,